Beware of the blob, it creeps and leaps. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, as usual, I am your local roadster, a, a, a frequent friend uh, of a local guy I know on a date right now. Uh, uh, to my to my right, there's not very many interesting characters in this movie. <laughs> to my right is uh, the guy who's going to actually say his name, Andrew. You never said who you were. Well, I don't remember the names of the characters in this fucking movie, so... <laughs> you haven't said your name yet. Though, That's right? fair. I am Brennan. <laughs> Another classic random cinema intro. Yeah, it's true. We, we always... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, Brennan the Viking, as some would know on TikTok <laughs> or Instagram. Also, if you get a chance, check out Random Cinema Podcast on Instagram as well as the Invincible Principle podcast on Instagram. Just a quick plug. Yeah, uh, for our uh, sister show where we talk about the Invincible comic book series. Oh, yeah. Volume by volume. Oh, and it's going great. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're about half, we're just over halfway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, yeah. So those who know, we're, we're basically past the big old V war. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. The big V word. Yeah, the big V. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking about big Vs, mm-hmm. uh, what movie did we watch this week, Brandon? We watched 1958? Yeah. 1958's The Blob. The Blob. The Blob! This was another one of my movies. Yeah, this is one of yours. It's like four in a row, man. Yeah, I gotta admit, too, I knew what I was in for with this film when the opening theme song <laughs> began. Well, that opening theme, yeah. theme song ready is amazing. The Blob! I want every fucking blah. I was like, I want what every the hell? show. I want every movie that we watch today to have that kind of theme song. <laughs> that was a hell of a fucking intro, man. I yeah. was like, what? Um, the plot in a nutshell for anybody who wouldn't know this is literally a lump of space goo mm-hmm. falls to Earth, starts consuming things and growing. That's yeah. the plot of the movie in a nutshell. It was very, very simple. Yeah, and like. I think it's like I don't know. Like, there's certain films nowadays that do this kind of concept where like it's very. There's a lot of storyline. There's a lot of like complexity to the characters, and like a lot of times you get to hear about like the relationship of a bunch of people before any creature even fucking makes its appearance. Yeah. Where this thing, it's like here's Steve McQueen. He's 28 years old, but he's 16 in this movie, and you don't care. They're on a date. Guess oh, what though? Dog. There's this guy and this guy found this orb that just crashed to earth but we don't see that part yeah. and, he, and his arm gets covered in silly putty <laughs> That's and they're actually, like oh no <laughs> first of all I want to rewind a little bit to the point that you made about Steve McQueen being yeah. 28 yeah what the fuck he looks it he, yeah, he is not like a young-looking twenty-eight. He's a smoking, he like, drinking, fucking working actor. He looks thirty years old. He looks old as fuck. Like he looks, he looks good for his age for sure. Mm-hmm. But he is at make-out point yeah. with an actress who probably is eighteen. Well, I think she looked like twenty-five. <laughs> like, so, it, like this is one of those eras where it was like if they could just put a bunch of like foundation on your face that you can pass as a teenager. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's. it's one of those situations where, like, she's talking to her little brother later, and I, like, I was doing a little bit of marking while I was watching sure. that part, and I looked over and I'm like, is this her kid? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is this, like, her secret, like, we're brother and sister, I just happen to be 18 years older than you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, mom and dad had you very late in life after me. That's true. That's you know true. what I mean? Or is this, like, actually, like... 
Yeah. It's just poor casting. And they're like, eh, it's 1950. Well, that's the thing I had trouble with watching the beginning of this movie. Like, I was not sold on Steve McQueen's teenage life. He looks creepy as shit. Yeah. And he he's looks just, like a creeper. He also seems like a guy that is, like, clearly 28-something and, like, trying to act like a teenager. He's like, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about, doll? And, like, it's <laughs> like he's trying to seem like an uneducated guy, but this is clearly a very... Pl- Prolific actor of his career. Yeah. I've used prolific a lot tonight. Yeah, <laughs> not in this, but just you. Uh, well, even like, even like, the conversation they have, like they're making out. Yeah. And then like she stops and they look and they see the shooting star that is the meteorite that is the blob. Yep. Um, and he makes a comment and she looks at him funny, like, and the comment could be construed that he takes a lot of chicks up there mm. to do stuff with. And he's like, no, 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 not like that. Like, he immediately starts doing it. And I'm like, man, nobody thought that until you said it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and uh, he just, it made him look even creepier. Because that's when you first realize that he's supposed to be, like, a teenager, but he's, like, 30. Yeah, he doesn't come across, like, much of a teenager. The guy no. comes across, like, a 30-year-old man. And it's really fucking weird. And, like, there was there was definitely a plot that was happening for the first 15 minutes of this movie, but I could... I was just like, that is Steve McQueen. That is a 30-year-old man that's a teenager. Their whole conversation was, like, really creepy, and then, like, after the meteorite goes by, she's like, cool, take me home. And he's like, no, let's go see what that meteorite, meteorite was. And she's like, no, I'd rather go home. And he's like, well... I'm taking my car to see that meteorite, and you're in my car. <laughs> yeah. Like, it got that kind of vibe where it's like, it's well, 50s. this is what I'm doing, and you're coming with me, so guess what? Suck a dick, you're in my car. <laughs> yeah, plus his, like, weird friends that show up that are not his friends in the beginning. Oh my god, yeah. Like, they're written as his, like, these assholes that are gonna fuck him up and, like, cause a problem for him. And then, then it's like, then yeah. later on, the narrative changes, and they're like... His they're, best friends who are, like, never, never yeah. got at his side. They're there to save him it's every so, chance they yeah. can. It was so weird. Like, there's a certain point halfway, or, like, a good chunk in where I'm like, wait a minute, they're all buddies? Like, I think, like, the one main asshole guy at one point is like, don't worry, bud, we got you, yeah. man. Like, you can always talk to yeah. us. We're your boys. And, and like, when we, we were going to kick them, his ass earlier. They're so antagonistic when we first meet yeah. them. They goad him into a street race. Yeah. I was like, These are, this is a very toxic friendship. Yeah. <laughs> can we take a moment to, like, pay our respects to the old man who poked the, who poked the glob with a stick? He had the greatest performance in the whole movie. He was literally the best actor. Like, I literally was like, did they just, like, pay a homeless man to, like, get a bunch of super glue on his hand and, like, freak out? <laughs> and they're like, all right, keep screaming. I 100% the believe that he thought, like, I 100% believe that his hand was being eaten by a blob. Yeah. Like, being dissolved by a fucking gelatinous cube. Like, <laughs> he's a really good actor. Like, it kind of yeah. sucks he's not in the movie for very long. Yeah, because but, the blob eats him. Yeah, but it, it dissolves him. Which I have to say, even for 1958, the blob is a very effective creature. Because this reminded me of the thing. Shockingly well. Yeah. Because I was like, I was afraid of the blob. Like, I kind of was like, man, this thing would be shitty to fight. Yeah. Because, like, it's fast. It doesn't have to obey our physical rules. It can hop up shit fast and yeah. zip across stuff quickly. And every time it eats somebody, it gets bigger. And I was like, this is a scary fucking anomaly to come across. It reminded yeah. me of the thing. Well, it's hard to contain, too, right? Yeah. Like, because it, it can get around, so it pretty much 
If there's like a hole, any size hole that it can get part of itself through, it can get all of itself through uncontrolled. Yeah. Like an octopus kind of, you yeah. Know? You know. But like I found at the beginning I was like, oh this blob thing is just gonna be like a big bunch of cotton candy that like every it does two minutes... look like a candy. Like, sure. It looks like it looks like it would taste delicious. <laughs> it looks like a bunch of bubble gum. <laughs> it looks like clear, like pink. It looks like a strawberry gummy. Yeah. It has, I would eat the shit out of it. And it's like an easy concept for people to think of like, what's an alien going to be like? Probably some weird creature, like non-humanoid. Like, I think this came around the idea where humanoid aliens weren't really a, an, like much of a popular idea. So like, it's just this weird organism that actually is probably more re- realistic to like some sort of bacteria that we would get that would do that here. Yeah. You know, like the blob scared me because I was like, that could happen. Yeah. Like, that, we could just Very get some strange thing, yeah. fucking piece of bacteria from space that just starts growing and eating shit. And it's like, that's real. It is like... That's how planets start, Unstoppable man. to us. Like, yeah. Like, just have no idea how. Yeah. Um, like, that could happen. That's why I got the... I guess when the blob came out and they had such limited effects that it actually was a realistically scary fucking movie. I have to say, and I'm, I'm going to jump to the end. Yeah, I, I was going to say. For this bit. Um, the shot where it like envelops the diner yeah. with Steve McQueen, his girlfriend, somehow her little brother, mm-hmm. and like the chef, like the cook and the waitress, all Why in this like mom and, and waitress, pop shop man. diner. Like the way they shot that looked actually pretty cool. Like it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. But in like yeah. the it looked to our regular CGI eyes like kind of stupid, but. Thinking about like the stuff that they were doing in the fifties with film and stuff, like, that actually looks pretty solid. Yeah, like I was pretty impressed by it overall. Like, yeah. in the, like the version I watched was like the colorized version, so like it's as close to the tones it could get, but like it still feels artificially colored. Yeah. So like the blob felt very like vibrant and neon and shit. Yeah. And that was, was kind of cool. I wonder if it was shot like was it shot in color or was it shot black and white? You know, I was like I, I watched the Criterion one and it didn't look like it was colorized. Yeah. Yeah. The one I watched felt colorized but not as colorized as say like Night of the Living Dead's color version was, yeah. which yeah. was pretty fucking handy. Yeah, Where, you know, honestly I haven't watched I've never seen the color version of that movie. It's a I trip, just, man. I saw a bit of it and I was like that looks bad. It is bad. <laughs> it is very bad. It's like a bad colorization job. Where in this it's actually done really well. But like I don't know, man. The creature, fuck. I don't know. It. I I, I gotta give it props because the, the monster was actually very effective. The drain I have in this fucking movie is almost every speaking character. <laughs> like I'm like Steve McQueen's awful. They're the chick is so, awful. The they shoehorn so this bad. this kid into it to make you have sympathy. It every character that's cool it eats. That kid, <laughs> I swear to God. It was just like the director's kid or something. Yeah. Just wanting to be like, Daddy, put me in the mood. That kid had no acting abilities at all. Nope. It was horrible to watch. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, the kid I feels teach, shoehorned in for empathy. I for teach sympathy. grade 7 and 8 drama, and there are kids in grade 7. Like, the kids <laughs> in grade 7 who don't want to be there are yeah. better actors than this kid. Like, yeah, 100%. Hard, yeah, and like it's like that across the board, except for the fucking farmer who finds the blob at the beginning and yes. is like the first victim. He was the best actor in the whole fucking movie. He was because I genuinely believed he was like, were like he felt his hand dissolving and wanted that thing off his hand and couldn't get it off. Yeah, that guy was a really good fucking piece of the movie. It kind of sucks, in my opinion, that like 
Like, okay, so Steve McQueen and her, they find him. They're like, oh my god, this guy, right? And they're like, the doc's gotta be home. Yeah. And so they drive to the doctor's house, and there's this little mini plot where the doctor's like, a, calls his friend, he's gonna go over there right away. Yeah. And then, like, so, you know, but then, like, Steve McQueen and her arrive, they got this guy, the doc's like, bring him in, oh, it's all good. And then this thing, like, devours the, the guy. But, like, I thought it was kind of convenient that, like, at a certain point when the blob gets big enough and then it eats the doctor, it's like, It eats oh, the nurse first. Yeah, the nurse, right. Yeah. That's right, which you don't yeah. see. You don't actually see anyone getting devoured, which yeah. is like, whatever. But, like, when it devours the nurse and the doctor, they're like, oh, man, there's this thing and it's eating people. And then yeah. the cops eventually are like, well, I mean, did you see it eating anybody? And well, Steve like, McQueen does. He sees the cop, well, he sees, like, Oh, the, yeah, he sees like the doctor like banging at the window and like getting sucked down. Which I retract my point. There is a scene where you see it devouring someone, and that scene is fucked up looking. Yeah. Like for 1958. He's like fighting for his life. I don't think you actually see the blob like dissolving his legs or anything no. like you would today. Yeah. But you see him from like Steve McQueen's perspective, like fighting for his life to try to get out and not being able to get out of the room. Yeah, and it just like immediately just consumes him. And then everybody's like Everybody's like what did you do to the doctor? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> where's the doctor? Character. They think he fucking murdered him. Yeah. And went to the cops with this stupid th- story yeah. about it. This doctor. creature ate him. <clears throat> That's just true. I forgot that, like, when it's devouring the doctor, it actually is pretty effectively cool. You know, I get it this yeah. movie. This movie deserves more props. It has its moments. Yeah. And, like, we should talk about the police in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there are three cops in this movie. I only remember fondly two of them. Yeah, there's one who, like, doesn't leave the station and is kind of, like, the in-between guy. He's the yes-man. He plays... I think he's the guy who plays chess. Oh, yeah. He is that guy. Then there's the chief. Like, the head... Yeah, the cops are actually The guy who's in charge. Who's actually one of the, like, best, most understanding small-town sheriffs I've ever seen in a small-town sheriff movie. He seems to be on first-name basis, too, with the main character. He seems way too familiar with Steve McQueen. Yeah, he's like, hey, Dave. And he's like, oh, hey, kid. Yeah. How you doing? His name is Steve, by the way. Oh, it's oh, that's yeah, right. It's fucking Steve. Steve. He's like, yeah. Hey, Steve. Um, and this, and other, this other fucking ex-military and cop. Then the ex-military dish. cop, who's just a dick, who is like, "Why'd you kill the doctor, man?" I know he's a dick. <laughs> I know he's a dick character, but yeah. I enjoyed him in this movie. One of the better acted <laughs> roles. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, he was one of the better cool. actors. For sure. Like, he's, he's playing an asshole, but he's playing an important role. Like, everybody in this movie is way too agreeable. Yeah, and and just, he does his job, dude. Like, he's a. He's effective at his job, but he's your more stereotypical small town sheriff. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the cops are interesting enough, you know? But, yeah, then when they, like, go back to the doc's house or whatever, right? And then it's it's eating everybody. The cops are like, well... Then, like, the doctor's, like, maid or assistant or something comes in. is like, well, he said he was going Uh, up the road. Yeah, he said he's going up the road. And, uh, you know, that's why he's not here right now. So they're like, oh, there's an alibi as to why Steve may have killed the doctor. Yeah, it becomes more yeah. suspicious because it's like, well, no, like, you're making this shit up. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I saw somebody walking by and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so there's kind of like a mystery of like, oh man, do they, do they trust Steve's story? Because he's the only one that saw this thing. That happens again later, you know? too. Um, oh, yeah. When, they're, when, when it's gotten much bigger, they come across it in Steve's family's his family runs the grocery store. Yeah, before that, it definitely munches on some mechanics. Oh, yeah, it eats a couple of mechanics yeah. and stuff, but it's still, like, stealthily killing people at this point. I love that scene, though, because, like, it's, like, one guy's under the car working, and he's, like, <laughs> he's just talking, and his and his buddy just decides to say he's done for the night and doesn't yeah. tell him. He's like, I don't know, I hate this buddy. I'm getting the yeah. fuck out of here. And then immediately, I'm sitting here going, 
guy under the car is not gonna make it. Yeah. Like guy under the car. This is a red shirt. Is what this is. 100%. You know, and he and he gets munched, and you don't see it. You yeah. just see his legs twitch, and I was like, oh, that's a good effective shot. Yeah. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Steve and his girlfriend, who we find out is the principal's daughter. Yes. Which I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah. You're dumb. <laughs> um, you're a dumb. Uh, <laughs> but no, they go they go looking for it, and they go into his family-owned shop. First of all, his dad is a bit of a weenie. Here's the thing, too. When the cops call the parents to come and see yeah. her and him, I was like, okay, this is smart casting. If you're going to have two actors that are clearly in their mid-20s to early 30s play teenagers, cast the parents as people that look old as fuck. Yeah. Good job. Because, like, like, one of the guys clearly is a guy who's only in his 40s or 50s, which they colored his mustache. And, like, it's all dyed gray. Yeah. yeah, which I'm like, this guy is not as old as he's trying to present. Yeah, but then when the Steve's dad comes in, this guy's like, old as fuck. And yeah. I was like, this guy's like 60-something. So this is smart. This is smart casting. Yeah. I buy that he is his dad, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they're, lo- they're looking for the blob and they end up in his dad's store and it corners them in the freezer. Yeah. Um, and they don't understand why he doesn't come all the way through the door. Mm-hmm. He just like slides in a bit. Yeah. And then like feels around and then retracts, right? And then they get away and by the time they get away and they're like, why, is, why are you freaking out? Like, they're freaking out because the thing is in the store. They're like, go search the store. It's in the store. Oh my god, it's there. Yeah. And they go in there. It's already gone. And I'm just like, man, that shitty lock, man. Because that's twice <laughs> in a row where this, like, where you watched this thing kill somebody or it tried to kill you. Because that's when it eats the dog. Yeah. There's a um, line throwaway in this near the end too, where like. The cop is like... It's just such bad luck. For this this so thing... Funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Does, it kills the dog? Yeah. That's Wait, hang on. I didn't again. remember that part. Yeah, well... I don't know if they confirm it. No, because the dog sure isn't the dog in the rest of the, the movie. Dog. Yeah, and they're like, the dog isn't barking anymore. What happened to the dog? Oh. Yeah. Dude, I think I was like... I texted someone during that scene. Because yeah. I would have been... If I remembered that scene, I would have brought it up and been a lot more affected by it. Yeah, because it goes... They kill the dog off screen. He goes looking for the dog after it leaves them in the butcher in the oh. freezer. Yeah. And they're like, the dog's not barking anymore. Yeah. What and happened to him? The blob emerges all big from the movie theater. Yeah. Like, the movie theater is just full of screaming people. Which made me beg the question, what fucking time is it? Yeah. Okay, well, okay, that's that's another thing I want to bring up. A lot of the details get weird near the end of this movie. Because, like, at one point, the cops are on the phone with, like, the Air Force or some shit. Or whatever. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, they're like, it's already killed like a fifty to sixty people. I'm like, yeah, this military sheriff had a direct line to the fucking government. Yeah, and I think by that point it was it would have eaten. No, I would have eaten that many people to be the size that it was. Yeah, but I because it was big enough to keep completely envelop an entire diet. Okay, okay. So well, that's okay. That's fine. Because like it's he said it's over fifty, and I was like, I didn't see fifty people die. Yeah, well, to be fair, we didn't see one person die. This is a good point. Yeah. Be advised, these are people entering my apartment building, yeah. heading up through the lobby and up to the second floor. Yeah. They were also murmured by the sound of my water heaters radiating ever so gently <laughs> into this podcast experience. <laughs> You're ruining the magic, Brennan. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Okay. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed I don't remember the dog. Yeah. I'm embarrassed it's I don't it's, it's one line. It's one life. That's far away. I missed it. I was like, yeah. oh, man. Anyway, I, that sucks that he ate the dog. That's the worst death of the whole fucking yeah. movie. And remember, he eats the projectionist. 
It does. Right? And then it squeezes out through the thing. So it probably gets a few more people because you can't empty a movie theater that fast, There's right? There's only so many exits. Yeah. Um, so it probably got a few people. Like, I can believe by the time it envelops the diner, it's seen at least 50 people. I do to admit, too, when it goes through the, the theater cracks, that's the only time I think I noticed it being, like, an artificial set. So oh, I was yeah. like, that is Play-Doh being pushed through that's, a grid. Yeah, that is Jello. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this the part I was like, that's not... That looks yeah. a little funny. I wonder, I wonder how they shot it. I know how I would have shot it. Yeah. I would have got, like, really runny, like, ballistic jelly or something. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And, and I would have shot it in a way where the jelly was, like, being fed through those holes using gravity. That's fair. So I would have shot it, like, with the camera facing up and, like, it coming down and, like, I don't know. I would have made a water cooler full of jello. Yeah. Strawberry fucking jello. <laughs> and I just grab blobs of it and I mush it through shit. And I'd be like, we're doing this! We're doing X, baby! And I'm um, like, why does it smell like strawberries? I'm like, the blob. Yeah, or I'd have made, or I'd have made something that was like semi-viscous. That's fair. That was like I take that page out of the Evil Dead crew thick. book where they yeah. just went to the supermarket and bought foods in coordination with the colors they needed. And so like in the first Evil Dead, there's like coleslaw mashed together with shit. And like, there's a lot of times they like got hungry on set because they were just fucking around with food. Yeah. And that was what made the gore in the bits was like pieces of ground beef mixed with like yeah. barbecue sauce and shit. Anyway, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in the blog <laughs> Again, is her there's a brother. tally. If, you're, if you've been listening to uh, this podcast since the beginning, you can take a shot every time I mention Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, Sorry. There's one shot in this movie right before they run into the diner when the blob is coming down the street. Yeah. And her horrible actor of a fucking brother goes running into the street and starts shooting his toy gun at the blob. Yes. And then he's like, ah, and like throws it and runs away. I'm like, that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty good. That's the like, funniest <laughs> moment in the movie. Because he just starts freaking out because he realizes <laughs> the gun is useless. <laughs> he's just like, curse you, father, for not giving me <coughs> a real weapon. <laughs> like, Fuck you, Bert. There's no bullets in this gun. It's like, oh, I got you moving, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. It, uh... And then it envelops the diner. And I actually really like that shot. But this is where all the plot holes happen. It's in the last, you know? Yeah. Because in the last 20 movie minutes it gets of this thinly movie, veiled together when you're like, okay, they just wanted a big emotional scene in the diner where you, the main characters might die. And there's yeah. no exit because the blob has wrapped them around one location. Yeah. And then we get an odd interaction that I had to point out because, like, I'm an actor. Yeah, dude. I've, I've done that shit. There's a, Steve McQueen clearly did not get along with the guy that plays the diner. Or the, oh yeah. The, 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 or what do you call it? Sorry, the, the, the head the, chef. The line. Because the they are yeah. very aggressive when they speak to each other. Yeah. And at one point, Steve McQueen like grabs a fucking prop out of his hands, and it yeah. is the most like I almost knocked you in the face kind of move. And I'm like, they did not get along. Yeah, I, I got can that. tell that from watching that movie. <laughs> I got that. My guess is the guy who played the head chef was kind of an asshole, and Steve McQueen is a bigger asshole. Yeah. And my guess is, is that's how that would go. Because <laughs> I was like, I didn't wow. notice that. I didn't notice like that exact thing. But the whole vibe between them, yeah, totally get. They that. hated having to act together. Yeah, and I was like, wow. But like these last, like this whole diner scene where they're like, they come to like there's a moment also where they all come to terms with being eaten by the blob in the diner, which they, I thought was kind of dark. They do examine their mortality quite yeah. quickly, um, like almost like it was convenient for the plot. But what kind of what kind of motherfucking goofy ass, fucking stupid. 
Looney Tunes, Acme Academy <laughs> fucking plans that these small town sheriffs have where he's like, hey, former military sheriff, here's the rifle, shoot that power line down, because there should be enough juice to fry that thing. Yeah. You ever tried to, like, run a current through jelly? Like, it's not, yeah. it's fine. It's like, also, he's not going to do much damage to it. Yeah, it's almost like they were workshopping, how can we test out how to kill it? You yeah. can't burn it. You can't electrify it. You can't drown it. You can't shoot it. What are we going to do? And they had to show it through, like, the plot of the movie, sort of. Yeah. But, like, this is also a film where, like, it's 1958, and so police are seen as, like, the superheroes of society in some ways. Yeah. So, like, these cops are, like, way more on the ball. You know? No offense to the police system or anything like that, but, like... <laughs> yeah. These guys were kind of funny and kind of good old boys. Admittedly, though, the cops are some of the most interesting characters in the movie. It is really funny, though, that they try, like... <coughs> they try shooting it. They try electrifying it. And then they're just like, oh, well, guess you guys are fucked in the dining room. Sorry, we'll remember you fondly. What I think is kind of funny, too, is that there's a moment where the cops are like, we gotta, we gotta get some people down here. We gotta take this thing down. And then, like... Steve's buddies are like, oh yeah, we'll get together all the boys. Like, we'll get the boys together. And they, like, zip out because they're like, we're not going to let our friend Steve go down. And I was like, it's almost like the beginning of the movie. They were like, okay, so these these guys are sort of antagonists. They're going to be, uh, they're going to be opposition to Steve. And then, like, a third in, the writers were like, let's make them friends. Yeah. Let's just make them buddies. And so it's, like, really inorganic. Like, all of a sudden, they're like his rider dies. Yeah. That's... I agree. You pointed that out earlier. And, like, yeah, the first time we meet these three guys, they're goading Steve into a fucking race. A death race. Going to his, yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's funny how he gets out of it. He puts it in reverse or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's the thing. They almost, like, collided on the road. Like, he... Yeah. And I forgot about the whole scene where they're on the fucking road and the cop pulls him over. And it's yeah. like, you guys fucking drag racing? Yeah, because that shit. Because it like doesn't add anything. Because the relationship immediately changes. Yeah. The next time we see them, they interact as if they were like bosom buddies the entire time. Where like the yeah. first time they interact, they like it seems like they hate him. Yeah. It's the most. It's it's just it's very so emotionally wh- like it's just an emotional whiplash. Yeah, it's like I wouldn't have wrote that that way. But yeah. this is also the filmmaking style of the fucking fifties, where they like films sometimes were being written as they were going. And they would change like scenes out of nowhere, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but like I just find it really funny that they're just like guns don't work. Electricity didn't work. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then they I forget how they find out that it's I think it's funny they, they only go and reacts to cold. They go and get the boys and like an entire town appears. Yeah. Like it's everybody. Well first of all, like, like again, wow. they what make a small fucking army. time was it? Because, like, that movie theater was packed. This is a whole day. That's what I get. Yeah, is it? But he, like, he starts out, like, it's late at night. Because the when the cops pick up, pick well, them up, like, when the cops call they, their parents to come pick them up at the shop, the principal is like, I have to come out here at this time of night to get my daughter from the, from the cop station. And then I'm like, but the movie theater was packed to the gills with people. Like... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. The doctor wasn't gone for the day yet. Yeah. The nurse was still around. Like, all the stores were closed, though. Like, it seemed like it was... It seemed like it was both very late at night, but also everybody was still up, even though it was very late at night. It's almost like the the, the biggest plot hole in this fucking movie is what time is it. Because <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense what time of day it is at all. Yeah. 
But how do they, I forget how they figure out that coal affects it. Well, it's because it's like they, they don't get into the freezer, right? Yeah. Because if you go into the freezer, the blob can't get in there. And they're like, oh, it doesn't, it's like it, it somehow left us alone. The dog does, right? Yeah. And then like, out of nowhere, Steve gets this ex machina kind of aha, where he's like, it doesn't like the cold. Yeah. Remember in the freezer? Yeah. That's right. And then they get the fire extinguisher or whatever. Or oh, right. The electricity yeah. sets the thing on fire and they have a CO2 extinguisher. Yeah. And where they extinguish the fire, like the blob like retracts. Retri- yeah, it's like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, my. Right. He's like, oh, there it is. Because at one point, then like the head chef is controlling it mm-hmm. at one point, And then Steve McQueen fucking yanks it out of his hands. Right. Like, really mad like. And then starts doing it. My guess is they only had so much juice in in the extinguisher and they must have gone through so many of them that maybe yeah. Steve McQueen was like alright don't blow this one yeah maybe it was the last extinguisher the fucking... they had yeah and that's probably why the guy was like alright yeah and then he was like give me the fucking thing <laughs> and then like you know then started extinguishing the fire which they made their like little path out yeah you know and then somehow the the head like the police chief is on the phone with them the entire time there that the diner is being eaten yeah Wait, Which I'm like, what? They kill it with coals, but how do they kill it again? They, well, the, uh, they tell the cop that... Oh, shit, Cold I remember works. this. I remember and this. And then the cop tells the firefighter to go get all of his CO2 extinguishers, and he's like, oh, I only have, like, five or six. It's not enough to do very much. Oh, yeah. And then the... That's when Then the, her gonna... dad is like, well, I know a place where we have 20 or 30 of them, and it's the local high school. Yeah. And then the guy's like, me and the boys will go get them, and we'll go save our buddy. That's what it is, yeah. yeah. And then everybody gets He does also, I'm pretty sure he does also say before that, like the scene before that, he's like, I'll go get the boys. Yeah. And then that's what the boys go do after there we go, yeah. against him. Which the boys is the entire town. Apparently. Yeah. That's right. Any there's young this, man with a vehicle. There's this fucking, like, goofy bananas scene where they extinguish the blob, and then a helicopter picks it up, and flies over an ocean. We gotta and, talk about this. And drops into Antarctica. The small town sheriff has a direct line to the fucking United <laughs> States government who came to the rinky-dink-ass town, boxed up the blob in a yeah. shipping container, yes. and was like, we're gonna dump it in the Arctic. You fucking kidding me? Yeah. The US government would have taken that shit and studied it so hard. Oh, for sure. They would have contained it, sterilized it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, like, the effects, though, also, for, like, the helicopter taking it to Antarctica are not good. It's not. But it is a and really funny shot. I laughed out loud. Because they I just like, chuck it off the it. plane. Yeah, it's like, no! <laughs> it slowly trips out, like... And I was like, what the fucking Super Mario Bros. is happening? So now there's just a box in the middle. <laughs> and then I love the end, and then the last oh. letter fucking transition slowly into a fucking question mark yeah, that it's killed the me. End. And then there's a very like animated like shift of letter into the fucking question mark and it fucking killed me. I laughed so hard. Well now was there he was like what are you like what are you laughing at? Was there a sequel to the blob? Probably. There was a nineteen eighty eight remake. Yeah. Which I feel like watching just out of my own sense of curiosity at this point to see what the fuck the blob is from 1988. Just out of morbid curiosity. Well, my guess is it was made in the late 80s, so my guess is that it's got some really fucking weird practical effects of people getting melted. And so, I don't know, I'm curious to find out what that looks like. I might even just peruse it, but we might have a prophecy experience. Yeah. Where, like, it's better in theory where... I gotta say, anyone who actually sat through the prophecy 
Kudos. Good good job. Hey, fuck you. If you both sat through the prophecy and then listened to our podcast on the prophecy, you are a fucking hero. Because we had some serious technical difficulties the last time we did this. The Yeti mic I have was not calibrated, and the USB cord I had that was converting the sound was shit. Yeah. So I replaced that, and it now we'll right. have... It was okay. It sucked. The movie, <laughs> the movie was... Was oh, worse, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, sidebar. But no, seriously, watch, <laughs> watch The Prophecy just for Viggo Mortensen and yes, Christopher Walken. I agree. In that order. 100%. I think just for Christopher Walken, he sells it. Nah, Viggo Mortensen is the devil is the tits. It's pretty good, yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, no, we're, doing, we're doing a recap of last episode where it's how we felt about The Prophecy being kind of a shite movie. Um, I've so, heard, though, The Prophecy 2 apparently is like, that's the Hail Mary of the series. It's oh, very yeah. good. Apparently it's the best one. It's the reason that it's known. Cool. It's Prophecy 2. I, or I, that's probably how I saw it first, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, the, uh... Back to the blob. Yeah, well, back to the blob. I, we, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of have said all I wanted to say about the movie. I know. Blob. Me too. To I was trying, fair. I wanted to stretch this though, because, like, this season, we've had very long episodes. Like, yeah. each episode so far until now has been an hour long, where this one's clocking in at about half an hour, because there's only so much I can say... About the fucking yeah. blob well, for a it, film that I actually I ended up liking, yeah. even though there's a lot of problems I have with it. Well, keep in mind also it is like a 1950s it is. movie, so it's not overly long. It's either. such a product of its time. Yeah, it's very much so. Like, it's very much so. A yeah, 50s like movie. this like, is how the 50s thought the 50s felt. Yeah, like that's what this movie is. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is how the 50s imagined itself. Is I this can see movie. that. And I'm just like, it's such a strange part of history. Because you watch, like, Boardwalk Empire or something like that, which is in the 50s, but it's, like, around the era they were making this kind of shit. You know, it's like, it didn't feel like that. Yeah. This is what the 50s thought the 50s felt like, and it's a fucking weird movie. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how it ended up on the list, maybe. Yeah, that'd be that, cool. Because, cool. like, I would have um, never put The Blob on, on my list, because, like, I've reason... known about The Blob, but I've never, like, I don't have the same affinity for it I have as, like, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, you know? no, and that's fair. The reason The Blob is on this list was I... You know, we sat down and we came up with 50 movies each. Yeah. Towards the end of that list, once I got tired, like, I found myself going on odd little tangents of connections, right? Like, yeah. there's a little block of, like, movies that are all loosely connected because of somehow they're connected to Nick Cage. Because you know? <laughs> I, I was watching, I watched Pig, and then that made me think about this movie, which made me think about this movie, which made me think about this movie. That's great. The reason this movie ended up on the list was because I was getting towards the end, and I was like, you know what, I want to add some movies on here that I always meant to watch. But never ended up watching. Yeah. And The Blob was a movie I meant to watch since I was about, since I was in about the fourth grade. Okay, yeah. Because when I was a kid in my fucking small town of Morris, sitting like, I was a nerd, so I was in the library, I was reading, this is pre internet, you know, the old shit. <laughs> and like, I read a lot of books. And one of the things, one of the, like, group of books that I always signed out with my school library in a small rotation Yeah, were these hardcover picture books that were the old black and white horror movies. So there was one for like Godzilla. Nice. There was one for like Murder on the Rue Morgue. Don't know that one. Um, oh wait, that's like a Sherlock Holmes story, uh, right? Nope, Big Island Pub. Oh shit, okay, cool. Um, one of the first like detectives Nice, yeah. Um, but it was, it was made into a horror movie. But all from like that kind of era, right? Yeah. From when, like, there was a couple of different like Godzilla ones. It's like, like the Godzilla Wolfman. Mothman. Yeah, the Wolfman was one of them. 
and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and the blob was one of them. And I read the blob a dozen times. Like, I, I read those books hundreds of times. In fact, I'm teaching it, like, I'm teaching my home, in my hometown at the school that I graduated from. Nice. And, like, the librarian was the town librarian for a long time. Well, she was the town baker for a while, and then she was the town librarian also. My mom was a librarian with her. I've known her since I could walk and read, right? Yeah. Like, I've interacted with her about books since then, and she's the school librarian. So I went and talked to her about these, and I'm like, are these still a thing? And she's like, I don't know about them. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, she wasn't the school librarian at the time, she was like the town librarian. Yeah. So I didn't, like, they must have called them at some point. So I'm okay. a little bummed, but that was why the blob ended up on the list, because that was one of the few of that series that I've never actually watched. So I was like, I wanted, I wanted to watch that. I should not. <laughs> this movie sucked balls. It's not bit. great. Like it's it reminded me of kind of like what it's like to be in a film history class. Yeah. Where a part of the appeal of the film you're watching is the fact that like it's it's a product of its time and you get to discuss it with a classroom of people studying film. Yeah. But it's not like you don't recommend 1958's The Blob at a fucking movie night. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's not that good. It's yeah. really not that fucking great of a film to watch. It's not I mean, horrible either. Yeah. Like, don't I'll, get I'm going to be very based and say it's kind of basic. Yeah. It's kind of a basic movie. It, I'm not going to lie, um, to borrow a phrase from How I Met Your Mother, you kind of broke my glass on uh, the movie when you mentioned, when you pointed out that all of those tufts were suddenly like his ride or die buddies. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's a moment where this movie this movie starts out one way and ends a very different movie and is a very different movie in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Like, because at first it starts out, like, very horror, very classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the horror that the... I'm going to come back to him again because I fucking loved him. The farmer, the first guy who dies, he was so good in his part and it was so, like, believably <laughs> horrifying that that's the scariest moment from there. It becomes kind of a mystery yep. thriller for a little bit, and then it becomes a monster thing, and then there's like some weird like slice of life stuff in there too that I didn't really enjoy, and it yeah it becomes a bunch of different things where it really shows like how much a script changed on set. Yeah. I bet it's like they were rewriting <laughs> scenes every fucking day. I guarantee you, and like by the end they're like, "Do we have a movie? Yeah, is this? Do we have a fucking movie? You know." Yeah. And it's like the only part that feels tacked on is like we need an ending, and the ending is so fucking clip art. Oh, like it's so just like the final shot together and done. I'm like, what? The final shots of them dumping it in the Arctic yeah. is so fucking stupid. And then like the cut to black, like yeah, it's a question mark. The question mark was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, but honestly, that is about all the time I care to give this movie. Yeah, I have to admit, like we could pad this out longer, but to be honest, I have not much else I can say about the Blob. I would say yeah. watch the Blob out of curiosity, but not for out of entertainment, yeah. unless yeah. you really want to laugh at it because it's got some rough moments. But also, it's it's an educational movie. At the same time, I also see where other like where I see bits of it that lived on. Yeah. For sure, like... Well, Steve McQueen clearly did well in his career. Yeah, because so. this was a little earlier in his career, I believe. Yeah, this, I think, was um, before or maybe around the time he did The Great Escape. I think it was before. 
Okay, yeah. 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 Um, but even like just some of the like some of the most like some of the classic horror movie tropes and stuff that like carry on, like the like, disbelieving the kids and yeah. Also, I'm sure it wasn't this. I'm sure the Blob wasn't the first movie to do it, but like. You know, you, you see some of the things that carry on into horror and became horror staples, for yeah. sure. Like, it's not an unimportant film, either. Yeah, like, I see why this is a classic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is it is exactly what it is. It's a classic, like, monster film. And, like, it's a part of cinema that I think people have referenced and studied for many years. It is a it is very much a staple of the time it was made. Yeah. I think it's, it's an important movie as much as it's not a movie I enjoyed very much. Very much a product of its time as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's kind of like how, like, Schindler's List is an important film. It's not always fun to fucking watch. Yeah. But it's an important film, you know. And all that being said, it's time. It's time. For the next one. All right. Is it my turn? I think it is. Let's get that sound effect. Ooh. All right. I hope it's not another one of mine. Oh, uh, we'll see. Seriously? Is, people are going to start thinking it's fucking rigged. Oh, what do we got? Oh, let's hold up. It looks like it might be a single digit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it is movie number 10. Oh, fuck. It's one of yours, isn't it? It is. Oh, it's one of fucking Andrews. Okay, it is, what is another it? one of mine. It is the... Uh, it is the 1971 musical comedy classic about a little boy who takes his trip to a chocolate factory. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, Let is, me take uh, this. Let me take this. 1971? 1971. This is 1971's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So close. Oh my god. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate okay. Factory. This is Andrew's favorite this film. This is one, this is, uh, yeah, usually at the top of my top five greatest films of all time. I wish we got the remake is called she, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, well, the book was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as well. The reason it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, fun fact before the episode even airs. Ooh. Fun fact, it's called Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory because they wanted to market a Wonka bar at the same time. Ooh. The Wonka bars never made it past testing because apparently the candy wasn't very good. Uh. But by that point, they had already shot the movie and done promotional for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, so they had to keep it that way. Well, fuck. And it was right after this movie that uh, <laughs> Gene Wilder did Blazing Saddles. Holy shit, alright, cool. It was other Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. Well, like, I, I'm just going to say it. I think the next episode is probably going to be a doozy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I... We got to talk about my favorite film earlier, Look, which is Tremors. Fucking now, love this movie. Yeah, now we get to talk about your favorite fucking yeah. movie. And uh, I think I'm going to have to restructure some of these. Uh, I think I'm going to have to reshuffle some of these. Oh, yeah? Anything? I'm, oh, I'm yeah, I know. It's <laughs> always my movie. I think this is your season <laughs> so yeah, far. This has been Andrew's season. I've only had Tremors be one of mine. So, or The yeah. Crow is one of mine as well. But. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm not doing this on purpose. Yeah, well, still, I'm excited to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 19-fucking-71. Alright. Well, okay, as per usual at the end, I am your host, Brennan, and to my right is your adjacent host. And this is Andrew. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a slice, guys. It's been great. Bye-bye. Uh, check us out on Instagram at Random Cinema Podcast, as well as our sister show, Invincible Principal Podcast. And yes, it has been quite a good bye. <laughs> Take care, guys. That was Random Cinema. <laughs>